again, and welcome to the FishCast. My name is Corey Long, here with the man, Charles Fishbein. How you doing, Fish? I'm doing good. You know, my wife, though, asked me the other day to go see the new Barbie movie, and I just, dude, I I, I had to draw the line, you know? It's just, no, that was too... That, every, every guy has basically, every guy right now has to go out and see... Barbie cleared, like, $250 million this weekend. I'm shocked. Yeah, yeah, but she she did that to me once before with Mamma Mia, and I had no idea (laughs) that they sang in the movie. And then after like the first song, I'm like, are they going to do this for the next two hours? I go, I was just like, oh, man, this isn't for me. I'm going to stop going to movies with her. At least she didn't get you to watch Steel Magnolias or something. It could (laughs) always be worse. It could always be worse. But, um, you know, great day today. We got, got a lot of things to talk about. But first... Got a big guest. Got a big guest. It's been a while since we've had a guest on, but I'm excited about this one. The brand new coach, the University of South Florida Bulls, former Tennessee offensive coordinator, Alex Golish is with us today. How you doing, coach? Man, I'm awesome. I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, doing a quick one. We're gonna come in there. We'll talk, we're gonna talk a lot of about a lot of things at USF. I want to get a little bit into your history, though. Born in Moscow, 39 years old. Um, when did you move to America? 1991. Okay. Um, I, I was seven, so we, we moved to, to Brooklyn, New York. Whereabouts in Brooklyn? We were in uh, in Bay Ridge at first, and then we moved okay. over to Bensonhurst. Okay, yeah, I lived in Brownsville on the other side of East and East Side of New York. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. So, how does a young man born in Moscow, probably not a huge American football culture out there in Russia, how do you how do you get the itch to football? Because you're you're 39 years old, and from looking at your background, you spent the last 31 years coaching. So you've been coaching since you were eight years old, apparently. <laughs> man, you know what? Um, it's it's like like nobody actually cared to even ask until the last couple of years where, where we, we were at Tennessee and it was like, man, who the hell is this guy? And, and, you know, so it was like the first time I actually had to think about all of, all of the questions like that. But, you know, for me, I, I started like, like everybody else growing up in Brooklyn, you, you play football in the schoolyard, you know what I mean? Like we had a Nerf ball, Everybody would ask for a Nerf ball for for Christmas or their birthday, and we played in the schoolyard. Um, and the older we got, the more tackling went on. And and I just remember, you know, we didn't have cable growing up. I remember watching football on ABC. I remember watching Ohio State, Michigan. I remember watching the U, um, you know, back in back in the Big East days, and and Virginia Tech, and you know, like you you would get the major games and. Um, I remember thinking like, man, like I want to play college football. Um, and for whatever reason, that was like in the back of my mind and going into high school, you know, the opportunity to play high school football at that time in New York was really, really tough. Like, like we didn't have, we didn't have youth football, at least not that I can remember. Like I didn't play peewee ball, but I wanted to go play high school football and and in the city at that time. And it's gotten a lot better. I've been back recruiting, there like at that time it was you're either going to private school or or the football was just absolutely really really bad and so ended up moving to columbus ohio my parents came 
and my aunt was living in Columbus. And I just remember thinking like, man, like that's where you play footballs in Ohio. And, um, and so that's where I got into it. And just like everybody else, I think that gets into coaching, somebody, somebody motivates you to want to do, want to do it. Um, I had a high school coach that, that changed my life in terms of making me realize that being a knucklehead probably ain't the way to go. And, and the value of, of giving back and the value of helping young people. And, and to be honest with you, I wanted to be like him. I want to be a high school coach and a high school teacher. And, and uh, so that's how, that's how we roll. Now that guy is my, my director player, player development here. Um, and so we, uh, we played high school ball and, and really soon thereafter, I really wanted to coach. And, and that's how I got my start is, is he ended up hiring me. Coach, you look at your career, and I, I, I've known you a while now. I didn't realize how young you were still. I mean, you've been in the business a long time. But, you know, you look at the influences you've had, and, and a lot of great coaches have come out of that Midwest, whether it's Youngstown or they come from Ohio, PA, uh, where you're coming from. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about that. You know, you're another young coach that's come through the ranks in that area, coaching at Toledo, Illinois, Iowa State. Um, some of that influence you've had with Coach Campbell and also uh, now Josh, Josh Heupel and stuff. Tell us a little bit about that and the history of um, coming through the ranks up in that area where there's so many great coaches that come out of there. Yeah, well, for the record, Fish, when when I started recruiting Florida, they told me the only person I got to know is Fish. <laughs> so that I met you my first year at at Toledo. I was a recruiting coordinator and and we we're like, man, we got to recruit Florida. And so I remember Jason Candle was like, hey, like, you know, because he came from Mount Union and he was like, man, like all the fairs, like, you know, fish, you can get in, you can get a good player. Everybody else was getting crappy players. So I'll throw you a nod there. But I appreciate it. By the way, I didn't pay you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but but it is true. That's a true story. Um, and um, Jay's done a good job of getting a bunch of a bunch of Florida kids. A lot of them still playing in the league. But um, you know what, and as funny as this is, and I don't know if I've told the story, but like back in the day, every young coach in, in like in Ohio around the Mac, if you, everybody worked the Ohio state camp. And if you were a student coach or a GA, they made you work the youth camp. And at that point they had like two, three day sessions of, of youth camps at Ohio state. So if your staff was going to come, you had to work the youth camp. Some of my closest friends and some of my my best relationships in the profession were guys that worked that youth camp back in the day. Jason Candle, Matt Campbell, um, man, like uh, like almost everybody I know. Shoot, Brandon Staley, who's the head coach of the Chargers now. We all worked those youth camps, and uh, that's how I met a lot of people. But but man, you know, like the uniqueness of I. I ended up student coaching at Ohio state and obviously met a lot of really good people there with, with coach Tressel and, and coach high school ball for a year. And then Joe Novak, who's a Cleveland, Ohio guy who actually was really, really close with, with coach Tress hired me at Northern Illinois. And it was another group of a bunch of Ohio guys. And, and then Tim Beckman, who's a, who's an Ohio guy hires me at Oklahoma state. And I went with him to Toledo and, and Matt was the offensive coordinator and that's kind of how it all got started. And um, so, but the one thing that was always, that was always um, on in the forefront of all of it was we were going to recruit the Midwest, but the one place we would leave for would be this state. And so it, it's interesting. Like, I feel like my ties 
in Ohio are what got me started in the coaching profession, but my ties recruiting, like it all, it all started here. Coach, um, you know, you spent, you, 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 you spent the last year, uh, last couple of years at uh, Tennessee with uh, coach hype. Last year was a really exciting year for the volunteers program. You, you know, you come out, you get off to a great start, beat Alabama for the first time in, you know, many years. What was it like to, you know, be part of a team that was, you know, exceeding expectations that was, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, that was getting a lot of national attention. And, you know, what did you take from that experience? What did you, what did you take from that time when you were really, when you had a, when you were part of a group that was really in the spotlight? Yeah. You know, I think a unique situation just simply because of the way we took that program over, you know, we got there in January, two years ago and, and, we had 60 whatever scholarship players, the portal, like had just blown that program up. You know, we had NCAA investigation, like it was a complete disaster. And I think of all things that I learned was where Josh did an incredible job was managing his time in terms of making the important things important and pouring into the kids, you know, like, the the one thing that was really, really unique there was that we had an initiative to stay really, really positive with these guys because they had just gone through three years of really, really negative. And, and you're at a place like Tennessee, one, everything is out in the public. Two, there's an inherent negativity because of the lack of success, you know, on a program that had a ton of success for 100 years and then had struggled for about 14 where it was like, man, like there's just this innate negativity around this program. Um, whether it's the NCA investigation, whether it's the losses, whether it's the fact that we were the fourth staff in 10 years, like name it, there was just a ton of reasons to be negative. And the one thing Josh did an incredible job of was demanded that us as coaches just stay positive positive with our kids. We were very real with them, but very positive. And, you know, we, we set a standard and we held the kids to that standard, but they also bought in and man, it was, it was a really, really incredible ride. One, I'd never worked that hard in my life to where, you know, like you talk about recruiting at a level that man, I, I told hype at one point, I'm like, man, like, I feel like every kid, even Tennessee kids that grew up Tennessee fans, every kid, it was like gloves off every single time you were going to battle. And it didn't matter. Like it could be a young man that had three SEC offers. It could be one that had a hundred, like every single kid was gloves off. You were like in, in a, in a complete and utter battle every single time you had to make sure you dotted your I's and crossed your T's with every single young man. And so therefore we were the same way in football. I thought we, we, we were so detailed. We worked incredibly hard and, you know, it, it was, there were some really, really cool moments. I don't know if I'm answering your question, but like, like we still talk about like the moment, you know, after beating Alabama, even Florida at home, um, you know, just going to LSU and, and blowing those guys out. Like, it was, there was some like incredible moments and the moments were for the first time in my career, maybe because I've gotten a little bit older, like I actually tried to take a deep breath and enjoy them for a moment. Uh, you know, in this profession, you don't, you, you don't ever have a chance to sit back and, and breathe 
And I'm actually trying to give myself that advice right now. But I, I feel like it was like the first time in my career where I where I would just kind of like I remember standing on the field after the Alabama game and the stadium is just filled with cigar smoke and, you know, like set with my family. And I'm like, man, like, how cool is this? Like, holy shit, this is pretty neat, you know? And I think in this profession, we probably don't do that enough because uh, those moments are are hard to come by and few and far between. But, but man, like it was the first time in my life that I actually like appreciated the moment. Yeah, Coach Golish, I, I, I actually was at, I, I, I go back to Rutgers way back when Greg had taken it over. And I was there on that, that Thursday night with Louisville and you, and you had, you know, Corey knew how much I knew about Rutgers and how bad they were. It was that when they won that day, that that same feeling I saw with those coaches, all the hard work you put in, everything you saw it like there was like a relief, but there was also so much appreciation for the work they'd done. You know, I I look at what you guys did at Tennessee, and you were talking about where the program got, and you know, you have that. I hate to say loser mentality, but when teams are losing, they always find a way when things are going bad that things fall apart in a game. Maybe one play changes something. You're in a very similar situation at USF. This was a program that Corey and I used to be around with Coach Levitt. They've had, you know, they they were a top five program, I think, at one point under Levitt. They got top five. He got them uh, top five or ten. What are some of the things you learned at Tennessee the last two years that you could kind of incorporate at USF and bring this program back? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good comparison. You know, we don't have the history that Tennessee had. So from a recruiting side, you're selling, you're selling probably something different, but in terms of the program, you know, I, I've said it from the day I got here, cause it's not like, like you're walking into a situation that you don't really know you're walking into, you, you do enough research when you decide to, to make a move like this, that you know what you're walking into. Like, I've walked into it at Tennessee. The unique thing maybe about me is I walked into it at Iowa State. I walked into it at Illinois. I walked into it at Toledo. Like for whatever reason, the football gods have not let me walk into <laughs> a situation where it's like, man, these guys won and have all these championship trophies. I mean, shoot fish. I walked into Iowa State literally the oh, first yeah. time we were there. I'm like, Matt, where's the trophy case? He's like, what trophy case? Like, we didn't have a trophy case. There was no trophies to put in a trophy case. And, you know, gosh darn it, four years later, we're, there's a Fiesta Bowl trophy. So, like, you 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 walk into a situation, and the one thing I've said since the day I got here is I, I respect history. I think Mike Leach is the one that, that taught us that you got to pay attention to history or you're an idiot. So I pay attention to history, and I respect it but I really don't care. Um, I, and I told the kids that I, I've told everybody that like, I don't give a shit what's happened here the last five years. I, I don't care about any of the turmoil. I don't care about, you know, I, I respect what coach Levin did. I had an incredible dinner with him and we sat and talked for five hours. I, and I totally respect what he did and what he built from scratch, but I really don't super care why we're in this position or how we got here. Uh, I'm in interested in the history, but I but I don't care. And I say that respectfully, meaning like it doesn't matter. We got we got 40 new scholarship guys. We've got 52 new players on this team. We've got a brand new staff. We've got a brand new support staff. We've poured more money into this program in the last eight months than we did in the first 25 years. 
We've got an incredible facility. We've got an incredible indoor. We're building a friggin' stadium. This is a top 45 public school in the country. And gosh darn it, we're in freaking Tampa. Like, like, how do we not win here? Right? Like, you got to like jack this thing up so bad that you don't win. And so I, all I've done is, to be honest with you, in a lot of ways, took a lot from hype in the sense of it's positive. We're setting standards for every single process that we're building. I have talked zero about wins and losses. I've talked zero about the first game. I've talked like, and I, I'm saying with our team, um, we've talked about nothing that has anything to do with playing football. All we've done is tried to be the best version of ourselves every single day and, and literally have not talked about, we just put up our fall camp calendar for the kids on Tuesday. Like that's the next thing. That's all we got to worry about. And the rest of the stuff will take care of itself. And, and I say it every day to these guys in, in, in our meetings, like make the important shit, the important shit, man. Like literally what happened last year does not matter. And it was no different at Tennessee, man. Like nobody cares what happened. Like maybe on the outside, maybe in the media, it gives people something to write about, but like, like, What's it got to do with this year? Like literally, what does it have to do with anything? What la- what happened last year? You know what I mean? And so um, it's the only way I think you can actually flip a mindset. Um, you know, I just spent two days at media day and and every question was about I was getting picked 13th out of 14 teams. And I'm like, man, that like sucks. But what's cool is that <laughs> it doesn't you matter. Go we got to go play. Well, no, like, like we got to go play. Yeah. So it, yeah. like – like what what does it matter like and and, you know and i told our kids i'm like i keep receipts like every single one of them damn it like (laughs) like i know exactly who said what and when they said it and and not that i need motivation but like i remember what people said so definitely yeah one of the things and i think Corey will agree i think the one thing that's unique about usf and i think where coaches have made mistakes and passed and i don't want to get into what coaches did or not but one of the things i think when you come from a program like Tennessee and you're in the SEC there's a certain like you're recruiting the best of the best when you're at USF you got to find kids that are you you know you know like USF found George Selby this was a kid that was I think a center in high school that they converted a DN you got to recruit a different way your your evaluations and the way you recruit and I think that's where coaches they come in they're like Oh, I came from Tennessee. We're going to get the same player to USF. And it's not like you can't pull some of those kids, but you also have to have a realistic expectation in recruiting that, hey, we got to grind. A li- it's a little different where you got to go find kids where at that program like Tennessee, they find you. You know, you just basically kids at the end of the day want to play in the SEC. What's going to be some of your recruiting? I, I don't want you to give away some of your <laughs> secrets, but how are you guys going to approach that as far as recruiting? Yeah, I think twofold fish. I, I, like, we got to go get the be- very best football players we can get. But I also think that you have to evaluate extremely well. Um, which you had to evaluate extremely well at Tennessee, but you've got to about you got to go find the George Selvey that's playing center up in the Panhandle and project that he's going to be something. So there's there's characteristics that are non-negotiables for us you know i think where you bend a little bit is on the on the measurements right like like man like this kid's a little short but gosh darn it he's a really good player like like yeah he may be a little bit shorter but you gotta you know you gotta go get him you know like like speed is at a premium everybody wants everybody wants six one corners 
Well, we may have to take some 510 corners as long as they can run. And so the sacrifice doesn't happen in the playing ability. The sacrifice may happen in the size. It's the same with the character piece. Like, like if you're going to sacrifice to get a better player with the character piece, do not let it be work ethic. Do not let it be their love for football. And so I think where, where we're, where we're able to be a little bit different is the way our staff is made up. Most of these guys have been at a Tennessee, at a Texas. And so understanding that, Hey, like how we recruited there has to stay the same in terms of the work ethic and the gloves off battles that we got to go win. We just got to find the right dudes. And, and I know that's cliche coach talk, but the right dudes, meaning don't sacrifice the playing ability or the speed sacrifice an inch here, an inch in the arm length, whatever it may be from a physical attribute side, because you can go win in that regard. The advantage here that's different than really anywhere else I've ever been except UCF is that the pool of players is way greater. Mm -hmm. So you, between this entire state and the state of Georgia, like you should be able to fill a roster out. The, the, I think unique thing fish that's, you know, changed in the last three years is that the kid that you think right now is going to go to Tennessee, you got to recruit him just as hard as the kid that you're battling, whoever you're battling on, because in a year or two, and I say Tennessee as an example, but like I spent four years at Iowa State, four years at Illinois, three years at Toledo, where we used to come down here and convince kids to leave. Like I've also been in Ames, Iowa in January. And that's not a really, really awesome place for a kid from Florida where for four or five months out of the year, you don't see the sun. And so I want to be here when that kid, man, we don't get him on the front end. Like I'm not okay with that, but I get it. I want to be like, like the pretty girl at, at one 30 in the morning that's sitting here, like, (laughs) come on back, brother. Like, like I'll take that kid as long as everything else adds up. So you're recruiting a bigger a bigger pool because the kids you may not get on the front end, you still want to be sitting there at the end of it. You know what I mean? Ready for that kid to come back. So that's our model. You know, I, 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 it's gotta be a mix of portal and high school kids. I still think there's no, no substitute for a young man. You you say George Selby, that's probably as good example as any that you can go recruit and develop because I think at its core, that's what you want is to build a foundation on high school guys but I'm also real enough to understand that you've got to be able to flip the roster quick. And the portal, I think, is only an advantage for us because of where we are geographically. Sticking with recruiting, and I've uh, you know, I've, I've been quoted many times on USF recruiting over the years. And I, I you know, and I've seen the way that the schools had, you know, success, whether it was under Jim Levitt or the success they had under uh Willie Taggart with how they they, they did a very good job at cutting out a part of the state. Obviously, you're located in the Tampa Bay area, Hillsborough County, where USF is, Pinellas County, where I am. But, you know, I also found that USF had a lot of success in Polk County and a lot of success kind of down that I-90, I-75 trail. You get into Manatee, Sarasota, you know, Fort Myers, Naples, Venice, those areas. Um, when you look at the state as a whole, um, do you find that, you know, there's going to be some, do you find that as you're recruiting, there's going to be some real sweet spots 
that you know that you feel like USF can really find great players. And there's great players all over the state, but there's going to be some real kind of some red areas where you look at and say, I want kids out of these areas because I think that you know this is where winners are. This is where I get winners at. Yeah, you know, when I first got here, in my mind it was the Bay Area is where we got to make all our hay and. Um, you know, I think my opinions changed a little bit. I, I put put a circle around around like the six counties around here and considered that to be the Bay Area. And I'm just, I'm saying Hillsboro, Pasco, Polk, you know, Manatee, Sarasota being in there, Hernando being in there, uh, maybe Lake County a little bit, but you know, as I've been here, the longer I've been here, like for us that the the space coast has been really good in terms of reception you know we just because of geographic ties with with kp you know and palm beach um you know we've worked really hard down in dade with to and to has just been down there for so long um you know we've had some success in the panhandle i i think probably a little bit different than i thought i think it's all like kind of important <laughs> like and that's not a coach answer like that's not like because I'm sitting in this chair I, I think eight months in I've realized like it doesn't super matter where they come from geographically as much as it matters that they're coming from the right programs you know like like I think the high school coach probably because I was one is critically important you know, what, what's the expectation for that kid? What's the expectation for how to work? What's the expectation for how to go to school? What's the expectation for how they treat people? I think young people are a direct reflection of their high school coaches. I really do. And that could be in Dade County. That could be right here in Hillsboro. That could be up in the panhandle. You know, like we've had a lot of success in Georgia. Uh, and I think a lot of that is because we've got a lot of coaches on the staff that have recruited Georgia like heavily and you kind of have a feel for where they're coming from. And so I, I tend to think it's more the high school coach, even more so than the school itself and certainly the area. And that's not like a political answer. I, I genuinely believe that. No, I, I, I get exactly what, what you're saying. Um, You know, it's a, uh, you know, you, you've been there for, you've been at USF for several months now. Um, Recently, uh, the 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 um, athletic director Mike Kelly he announced that they're going to get a new stadium built. I think twenty twenty six is kind of the target date for the state of the on campus stadium, which is something that you know they've been battling with for a long time. You were at UCF for a year in twenty twenty, and then obviously you went to Tennessee. So you've seen both like the UCF that kind of that grassroots. They were just. I think the stadium might have been when you were there, maybe about 10 years old, a little longer, but, you know, still kind of a grassroots program and what having on-campus stadium did for that program. And then you're at a place like Tennessee where, I mean, you, the atmosphere doesn't get better when you got 110,000 people all dressed in orange out there, you know, out there pulling for you against the Alabama Crimson Tide. When you see, when you see the potential of these places in the atmosphere, how excited is it to know that, you can build that here at USF. You can build that. You're going to have a stadium. You're going to have that on-campus resource that can really galvanize that fan base. Yeah. So, 
not potentially 26, Tori. We're going to open this joker up. We're going to break ground here sooner than later. They're in the final stages of the planning. Um, you know, just as much as the stadium, the the brand new football complex next to it is going to be huge for us as well. But I, I think that stadium, you know, like, like I'm a football purist in every way. And you're right. I, I saw it at UCF. Like, it's fascinating to see what happened to that program after that stadium got built. You know, the the growth of the university, but certainly the growth of that fan base. You, you got something to point to and say, man, that's home. You know, I, I've been here for eight months. Uh probably because of this NIL initiative, I feel like I've met about a million donors and season ticket holders. You'd be fascinated how many people live in Tampa, live in Hillsborough, but live in Pinellas County that have season tickets, you know, like, like for as little success as we've had here for five years, we average 35,000 in a game, which is kind of crazy. It's you, you meet these people in South Tampa in, in uh, St. Pete, Sarasota, Bradenton down in that area that have season tickets that haven't been on campus in 10 years because they haven't had a reason to be on campus. And so you, you, you sit here and you think like, man, like what brings people to campus? Cause this campus is, is gorgeous. I, I don't know when the last time either of you guys have been here, but like you drive around campus, I had a perception that man, it's a commuter campus, man. It's, it's going to be a bunch of brick buildings. Like this place is beautiful. Like it's a gorgeous campus. Well, it's changed in the last 10 years. And so people just don't see it. People don't come back because they go to Ray J and, and God bless them. I appreciate them going, but man, like part of having a stadium on campus is creating that alumni community that, that gathers around something seven times a year and gathers together. And I, like I said, I, I think there's just something about football Saturdays that that's huge. The other part of it is the, the students, you know, like, you're you're getting you're getting buses to to bus kids down 11 miles to a stadium on a Saturday like man like that it, it there's no way that that's something somebody wants to do so I, I truly believe part of college football is we got 50,000 students 52,000 students them waking up and doing whatever students do on a Saturday morning I don't know you guys could probably attest to this I'm sure it's a it's a good time. And then you go to the game and you hang out with your buddies and, and you do whatever goes on at a game. And then you you go and you keep partying after a huge win. Well, it doesn't happen. You got to get on a bus and ride 11 miles and you're afraid something crazy is going to happen, right? Like it's it's both of those things. And, and I think really maybe even more importantly than anything else, it shows a commitment to athletics from, from our uh, foundation, from our board of trustees from certainly from our athletic department that, Hey, we're going to pour a ton of money into this because at the end of the day, and there's a, a lot of talk about conference affiliation and all that, like that's above my, above my head a little bit, but, but I do know this, like this is a top 45 public school in the number 11 media market in the country with 52,000 students. Like this should be big time college football in every imaginable way. And so that's, that's my job. That's our job as a staff to get it there. But I feel like that stadium on campus is what ties it all together. Um, so I don't know, it's a long winded answer, but, but we're opening up in 26 in that joker. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Coach Golish, I was actually, when we bring up UCF, I remember when UCF was start just starting, 
I had told Corey, I think this program has a ton of potential because of that on-campus stadium. I was there uh, when they played um, Texas in the opening game, or and it was sold out, and it changed the whole program. You could just tell people didn't like to go to downtown Orlando to watch a football game. It changed the whole program, and I know how big that is, so I understand what you're saying. One last thing I wanted to ask you, uh, one of the events that I used to love to come up for um, I don't know if you got, I don't believe you guys did it this year with sling and shoot. Is that something you guys may bring back? Um, I remember going up there, a lot of the Tampa teams, Armwood, Tampa plant, um, even the Booker T's from down here would play in that event every year. And it, I thought it was great from a recruiting standpoint, because you got so many kids you got to look at. And from a young, you, you get to see these kids as ninth graders, 10th graders all the way up. And it gave you a chance to recruit them for three or four years. Is that something you guys may bring back or no fish we we had it brother oh you did um, have it this year All yeah right. we had two days 32 teams right. each day and right. th that was one thing when i when i got here that every single high school every single big school i walked into they said hey coach like you can do whatever you want yeah. but if you get rid of the sling and shoot you're an idiot All right. so no, my bad i i, I wasn't sure because i didn't i don't remember seeing it on the schedule this year but i'll make sure to come up next year because like i said i used to do a lot of my evaluations and get kids early on from that camp. It was a great camp. So, yeah, no, it was phenomenal this year. Shame on you. Oh man, my bad. <laughs> oh man, so he uh, started out. He started out complimenting you. We ended. We ended. Uh, it's all right. It's all right. Well, I honestly, I just. I, I well, no, you just it. you just got my player player personnel guy, who's your guy, Effie. You just got him fired. So no, it's, no, uh, I don't do that. <laughs> no, but I like I asked Corey about it. There's so many camps now. It's like hard to like I said, you guys. Honestly, you USF's camps were all, I always love coming up there. Corey will tell you. So yeah. I definitely will be up there next year to see you guys. So well, let's uh, go. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. September 2nd, USF opens up against Western Kentucky. It'll be the first game for Alex Golich as head coach of the Bulls. Coach Golich, thank you for stopping on the fish cast. We really appreciate you coming by giving us a little bit of your background and telling us your plans for the Bulls. I know a lot of people around here in Tampa are excited. They've won before, and, you know, they definitely love a winner in this town. You get to, get to follow up Tom Brady, so, you know, there's no pressure at all. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to try to be like Tom. Corey, what about... My, minus the divorce. Uh, <laughs> the Corey, what if, you always ask the coaches something about social media. You want to... Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I apologize. Coach, we want everybody to know about your social media. What are you on? You want a Instagram? You want a, like, it used to be called Twitter. I guess it's called X now. You on X or, uh, <laughs> or you know, uh, what's, your, what's your social media handle? So all the uh, future, future recruits, the future USF Bulls can get in touch with you. Yeah, it's easy, man. I'm on Twitter. I, I'm actually offended now. I got like 50 some thousand followers. So it's Coach Goalish. Fish, you better follow me. Right. Uh, and on Instagram, it's Coach Golish as well. All right, excellent. Thank you so much for stopping by, Coach Golish. We appreciate you, and uh, again, wish you a lot of luck this season. And I'm very excited to see where you take the USF program. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yeah, go Bulls. Hey.